Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome, Lead Time listeners. My name is Jake Bessling, and I'm here with Tim Allman. And we also have Jack Caliberg joining our conversation today. We're talking leadership development. Yeah, say, say hi, guys. Hey, yeah, there they are. Here. Pumped you were here. It's so awesome. Our goal today, no, well, it's really all the time, is that we desire to help churches and businesses and organizations like yours to begin the process to create uh, a leadership development culture. It'll change your world. You just may be uh, where we were about two years ago uh, as a church, uh, Christ Greenfield. We had a God-sized vision to create new ministries, multi-site campuses, new churches, homeless ministries. We wanted to reach new people, um, have amazing outreach programs, um, even start nonprofits to reach the homeless like La Mesa Ministries. But we had this realization, and, and it goes way beyond. It had, we were like, it goes way beyond us as a local church, and especially us three as right. leaders of the church, it has to go way beyond us. So how are we going to accomplish what we believe God is wanting to do through us as a church um, here at 425 North Greenfield? And we realized this. We needed a leadership development strategy to take us there. The second thing we realized is we did not really know how to get us there, and it was going to take uh, a lot of education, new methods. And, and there's a lot of people out there that have gone before us. And then we understood that Jesus could speak into this as well. So, friends, <laughs> leadership development simply means this, developing leaders, right? Mind blown. Whoa! <laughs> Develop leaders. But some of us don't really do that. We focus on the whirlwind, everything uh, going on, and we don't invest. So you're going to get a good start to uh, how to create a leadership development culture. Good leadership development means strategically developing people to their fullest God-given potential. So that what? Come on. Lost people would hear about Jesus. Yeah, so leader, honestly, look at your day. Are you spending constant time responding to emails, scrolling social media, doing your projects, all the Acedra whirlwind stuff? Or are you actively, day by day, consistently meeting with a group of people to develop them? People are always more important than anything on a screen. Seriously, leader, put the screen down and give others your full focus. I want my days to be filled with meeting people. Yes, on those days, like this day. It's a Monday. Emails are going to get crazy backed up. Yes, sometimes projects are going to be slightly delayed, but developing leaders will offer a kingdom-expanding return. It will give you a return over time. Simply doing your job may get it done short-term, but offering your entire self and investing in others will pay off long-term. Right. Sorry to go off on this, yep. but oftentimes leaders... We've been trained to be doers. We've talked about the seminary and even maybe a lot of your undergrad or or graduate experiences. You come out with a certain set of skills. And then the longer you're in an organization and the higher, and I don't even like to use corporate ladder, but the higher you climb, the less it's about your doing and the more it's about your being, your presence with other people. And obviously our number one model is, is Jesus who invested in 12 and they changed the world. He went deep with those guys consistently. He just let them come into his life. They were his focus. It wasn't the doing even the crowds. Most of his time was even spent with the 12, and we are beneficiaries of, of that gift. And it is our desire that, that we want our leadership uh, to become less 
and others to become right. more. So yes, we're going to be leading, but it's going to be servant leadership. It's the John the Baptist perspective, or you know, it's the Russell Crowe gladiator perspective. We want our leadership to echo into eternity. Echo, into yes, eternity. All, all for the glory of God, That's of course. Right. Friends, moving the mission of Jesus in your context forward, it's going to rise and fall on leadership development and putting principles into practice as you rely on Jesus to do that and getting a trusted team around you. But trust us, we want to hit home today this point and give you nine tips to begin to create a leadership development culture in your organization, church, business. So Tim, start us off with number one. Number one, create daily ICNU conversations. So what is an ICNU conversation? We just learned this about a year ago. It's identifying the gifts of others and then speaking to highlight the gifts of that person. We got to stop right there. Speak. Seriously, when the Holy Spirit puts encouragement or a compliment on your heart for someone else, speak it. Write the email. Send the text. The Holy Spirit is putting that desire on. And how many times as a leader do you say, oh, that, they're, they're incredible. They're doing that thing. But it's just in your head. Or I'm too busy yeah. for that. Exactly. Let it out. Picture people like little toddlers who light up when you tell them how incredible they are. Try giving over the top. Keep it honest. Keep it honest. In the moment, encouragement to others. They will light up like a little toddler. Then get specific about their gift. It sounds like this. Wow, Jake. Whoa. I see in you a crazy passion for sharing the love of Jesus. You know what? You're a fantastic, I wouldn't say it like this, but you are a fantastic preacher, teacher, leader. The joy of Jesus is upon you. You're a fantastic equipper of others. I see in you, Jakey, an amazing potential to plant our first multi-site at Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church and school. Let's go, bro. Actually, that was a true I see a new conversation. And I feel dude, like an yeah. encouraged toddler right now. <laughs> we may often be, be a little goofy, Thank you. but I crazy meant what I said. Everything, it's over the top. Jesus has invested in you, given you so much, uh, Jake, and pour it into others. Jack, you rock. I love Thank that you. you're on our team. <laughs> I see in you the potential, Jack, to create systems and processes for mobilizing a movement of multi-sites to reach many in the East Valley and beyond. Jack Kalberg is our Executive Director of Finance and Operations at Christ Greenfield. Uh, Jack, share with us, our listeners today, our second leadership development tip. Yes, our second, uh, our second tip is to create a clear set of leadership values and monitor people against these values rigorously. Rigorously. Right? Rigorously. All right. So there's two main reasons why you want to do this. Uh, reason number one is that it makes it easier for leaders to make day-to-day decisions. So I'm going to give you an example, right? Uh, purchasing, right? We've got a ton of people here on campus. They've got purchasing cards. And, you know, we've got what every organization has, sets of budgets, sets of policies that say this is the right type of thing, this is the wrong type of thing. And, but here's the problem. Can you really theoretically talk somebody through every single scenario that could exist about what's an acceptable or not acceptable type of purchase to make? Hmm. I mean, you can give some general guidelines, but the answer is probably no. But if you're teaching somebody your values, let's just say the value of stewardship, for example. Yes. That creates a filter for a person to use in their own walk day to day to make better decisions. So, you know, moving away from uh, an exhaustive list of every single behavior that's good and every single behavior that's bad. Let's talk about the values that actually drive those behaviors so that you're in the driver's seat to actually make good decisions on a day to day basis. That's such a good example. 
right? Another reason is that you want your leaders to be your culture carriers, right? And the way that they carry your culture is through your organizational values. I like that. Right? So you know, what's a couple examples real quick? So a couple examples of our, our values that you want to see our leaders showing day to day. Can you just a couple thoughts off the top of your head right now? We take fun seriously. Right. We, leaders we, are learners. Leaders are learners. One one that I like to point out is is being data driven to and <laughs> be more people focused. To be more people focused, right? <laughs> yeah, data driven. Right. So, but that inf- that influences things as we build up new ministries. How do we collect good data to show that we're actually reaching people in a very effective way with those ministries? Are you going to nerd out on us right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> awesome. Number three. Let's go for it. Create an understanding of how each leader fits into the overall God size. Vision. I bet a lot of people serving in churches don't know how their role or service on a Sunday fits into the overall vision of the church, or maybe it's a Wednesday small group you're leading to reach new people for Jesus, and you may, might feel disconnected, kind of on an island all by yourself. That's not true, though. Every role is important and valuable. Take ushering, for example. Um, I went up to Bob uh, a few weeks ago, one of our amazing ushers, and I, I said, do you know, Bob, what you are doing here as an usher, dude? Uh handing out bulletins oh dude bob no 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 yes it's 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 that but it's way more than that you're doing a phenomenal job of making people feel so welcome as they come into worship so that they would meet jesus Mm. way to go bro and bob almost almost started to cry honestly he was so pumped up about how passing out bulletins this small looks like a task would actually create a a culture that people would meet jesus so Invite leader, invite people into the God-sized vision and show them how in the body of Christ their role plays a part in that. Imagine if Bob took the initiative in growing and becoming a leader, say as an usher, and then we teach him an art, and this is our fourth tip, creating a culture of shoulder tapping. Of shoulder tapping. Create tap, a tap, culture tap. of shoulder tapping. Tap, tap, tap. Here is what often happens in a church. Pastor, um, uh, can you make an announcement so my ministry gets some... They don't talk like that. but <laughs> So that my ministry gets some help. If, if you only speak from up front, man, then people are going to flock to us like the salmon of Capistrana. It's going to be absolutely incredible. We are going to grow and it's going to be... This is a silver bullet, Pastor, if you just say. And this... What we got to tell them is this produces little fruit. Our voice doesn't matter as much as a lot of folks think it does. So what's a better plan? Train every leader at every level in your ministry organization to daily practice shoulder tapping. Shoulder tapping is taking that ICNU conversation to the next level of specificity. Here's what it sounds like. Jack, you rock. We really need help setting up uh, the AV for upcoming Harvest Fest. Will you be on our team and play a leadership role to help make this happen? And Jack, what do you Absolutely, say? Absolutely, brother. That's right. The consider odds, it done. Consider it done. <laughs> All over it. Um, quasi side note, as you move into this culture of shoulder tapping, especially if, if you're in a church context, we love a spirit, a culture of volunteerism. Right. right. But. Blasphemy. It's not in the Bible. Don't say the right. word. Do you ever hear Jesus coming up to his disciples and saying, come, come, yeah. be a volunteer. <laughs> volunteer. Well, the, the other thing too, Tim, is <laughs> G- Jesus didn't get up on, on, a, on a mountain or on a hillside and say, I'm looking for 12 volunteers to be my disciples. He went and he selected those he people selected them. individually. The least likely. He cast a huge vision right. for what he would do through them, the spirit would do he was through a great them. Shoulder so tapper. It's, it's not volunteer leader, it's a servant leader, servant leader. Uh, point number five. 
Yeah, point number five is to create a culture that allows people to own their own leadership development through enhanced self-awareness. That's a very nerdy term, right? Um, so what does that mean? This is something that we've done for a while here at Christ Greenfield, um, starting in the very early level of people development, which is, uh, you know, if, you, if you've been through some of the classes that we offer at Christ Greenfield, we have this uh, uh, Discover class. And so the Discover class is all around the idea of taking some assessments and really getting to know yourself a lot better, having better self-awareness of who you are, what is your personality, what is your leadership style, what are your spiritual strengths, and what are your weaknesses, right? So when you have that self-awareness, you're now in the driver's seat. You can actually sit there and, and say, wow, I didn't know that I was a super analytical, you know, strategic thinking type mm -hmm. of person. Maybe I should seek out these types of roles. Or I didn't know that, you know, yes, I did know, but I didn't know until somebody told me or, or, or through this process of assessment that I had um, a strong, strong passion for mercy care, mm. right? So every person is different. Everybody has unique strengths and, and unique weaknesses. You have an opportunity to lead and grow in your strengths, and you have an opportunity to monitor That's right. and sort of manage around your individual weaknesses. Sometimes I may say, man, I didn't know I stunk at that so bad. <laughs> right. I better get people like Jack around me who compliment me right. and other people on my team. Right. You know? So like in my case... I, I tend to think very high level at things. I really need like to be surrounded with detail oriented people. Mm. They point out a lot of the things that I don't see because I'm thinking of the system and not necessarily of all the details that go into the system. And you've surrounded yourself Absolutely. on a team with people Absolutely. that love detail. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is a, kind of a nifty example. We were we were at a church that took this concept to the next level, which was Life Church, and it was fascinating yeah. to go there and see on every single door. They actually put people's Myers-Briggs codes on every single door. Yeah. And this was kind of showed their commitment to self-awareness. That's right. <clears throat> Excellent. I want to review all of our tips so far. So we have create daily ICNU conversations. Create a clear set of leadership values and monitor people against those values rigorously. Create an understanding of how each leader fits into the overall God-sized vision. Four, create a culture of shoulder tapping. Jack just talked about number five, create a culture that allows people to own their own leadership development through self-enhanced self-awareness. And number six is create a culture where everyone has an apprentice. This one is huge. Mind blow right Absolutely. here. I mean, it's so, so true. Um, who is going to replace you? Ask yourself, who's going to replace you? If you got hit by a bus, I could get smoked today. It could happen. Or you choose to leave for another position. Don't do that. Or better yet, you move up to another position of leadership in your organization as you go up and out and uh, other people would uh, backfill you. In our church, we train up a lot of pastors and we call them vicars, student pastors. No, they don't get go and get our coffee for us. Um, they, they get our beer for us. No, no, joking, joking. They wash our car. Yeah, so... We say, though... Because, we are not actually so self-paid. Yeah, this is not our life. We love our vicars. Uh, yes, we do. And we never even hardly use that term, um, but uh -huh. they are apprenticing us to replace us, and we're training them up along the way. Um, in our church, we train up a lot of people called vicars. So who are you intentionally spending time with and bringing along like you would a vicar like we do as pastors? Who are you developing to have the fullest potential at every level? We need apprentices at every single level of your organization. Um, my apprentice right now is a guy named Jeff. He's learning about church planning, pastoring, and he's done a great job 
of doing similar things of replicating, replicating, let me say that right, replicating and replicating himself you got it. off campus um, with uh, his own secular job. And so he's going to now learn how to do that for ministry's sake right here on this campus as a, a director eventually and then going off campus, um, hopefully as a multi-site pastor. But this is a must. So whenever you're going into a new phase of leadership and your current one, you have to have that apprentice. For us, we're, we're normalizing the fact that if you want to move up into another area of the church and do something else, you can't do that until your apprentice is locked in and ready to take over where you were. Um, I, I think about five years ago, and uh, here's an ICNU conversation um, to Pastor Tim, but he did a wonderful job allowing me to be his apprentice and just a lot of patience with me as I was learning what it was like to transition from one role, DCE, Director of Christian Education, kind of youth ministry, to then pastoring at a large church. And so, brother, thanks for letting me fail forward at times and encouraging me and letting me be your apprentice. It did take me four years as a vicar. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Not one year. It was was amazing watching. Jack, you got something to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of reflect for a second on what happens to an organization that fails to do this. If you're a ministry, for example, and you're not raising up and apprenticing people from within, and then all of a sudden you have a vacancy, your only choice then is to go outside of your organization and try and pull in an external leader, somebody that's already seasoned for that role. So, okay, fine, you filled that role, but now what? You've created a vacancy in another location, that's right. right? So you're not kingdom building, you're just kingdom reallocating. It's neutral, it's not advancing. <clears throat> and all. I think what yeah. we want to be here is we want to be, we want to be kingdom building. We want to be right. a, a net producer of leaders, not a, a net consumer of leaders. We want there to be more leaders developed here than we need and send them out. And we have trusted for some time in a system in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and that's just our context, that produced leaders be it through our universities and, and seminaries. And at one time that, that system was working, but to be quite honest right now, the well is running dry and mm-hmm. the bench is empty. Right. And so as a congregation, um, as a school as well, are we going to raise up our own? Or are we going to go outside and have it be kingdom neutral? We believe that everything God wants to do, what God wants to do is in the house here. Right. He's gifted the people that are here, the same Holy Spirit that lives in me, lives in every single person here. And it's a denigration, not just of individual leaders, it's a denigration of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. Yeah. So invest in other people and find an apprentice, someone that could do what you do, and frankly, they'll probably end up doing it better, just like Jake is doing in so many so many regards. Uh, tip number seven, create a clear leadership development pathway. Create a clear leadership development pathway. Here in our ministry, we want to train God's people to serve and then lead, to become coaches and then directors. It's great when we chat with growing leaders and we can clearly articulate what they can expect as they continue to grow as leaders here in our ministry. We're currently producing training content for serve team training and leadership team training. And then once leaders reach coach and director level, the ongoing training will largely be based on what we just said, based on apprentice relationships. Oftentimes churches and businesses, they have a clear mission statement, but they do not have clarity around how they develop their paid and non-paid staff. People want to know. They want to know where they are going and what they can expect on the journey. Developing a clear leadership development pathway meets those expectations for up-and-coming leaders. One of the worst things that can happen is to have a high-capacity leader looking for clarity for how they fit in your organization. And you, as a leader, saying, uh, um, sorry, I'm 
Kind of unsure uh, how or what that looks like. You know, around, I've heard this. Around here, we kind of organically develop leaders. Organic leader often equals unorganized invitations, which often lead to leaders slipping through the cracks. And that is the worst thing that can possibly happen. The great thing about clearly creating a leadership development pathway is that you can holistically track and this is, Jack, where you can speak into right. it, holistically track who is at what stage on their leadership journey. Therefore, as you're working to develop your bench, you have a strong list of leaders at various places right. on their leadership journey. I love that because then you can also, as a leader or, or just a person in your organization, even sitting there maybe in the pew or the chair, mm. think, wow, I could be at this church for a very long time. That's right. They actually want to see me be a campus leader, Absolutely. campus factor, campus pastor, campus director, I can use my gifts here for a very long time, not really just have a shelf life for, for a couple of years. So that's incredible. There's a sense of future that comes along with that um, and this sense of kind of an upward draft that happens, right. right? That you know that no matter what's going on, there's always people that are you know, in the queues ready to step up and take that next level of leadership. And we want to invite people into leadership at the right time based on their, based on their gifts. And uh, we need to see leaders be faithful with a li- little. Jesus talks about this and faithful with more. And so creating a clear pathway for leadership development offers them those safe, right. guided opportunities mm-hmm. to continue to grow. Right. What's a great thing, too, is that your people start off on the, the lowest level of serve team. You can create the culture needed at that level so that when they continue through the pipeline, you're all speaking the same language, the same cultures being developed. Right. And then... When they're ready to take over a whole campus or a bigger ministry part, you're still all in sync about that culture. And you can create, uh, let's say, safe opportunities for people to take risks, right? right? So as you, you know, um, as a team leader, right, you have a, you have a certain set of responsibilities. But we know that that individual team leader, they don't, they're not so responsible that a single bad decision is going to sink a ministry, right? They they've got a safe zone that they can operate in and you have a chance to be challenged, but to do it in a, in a safe and effective way. We'd love to share with you too, guys, if you want to email us, uh, contact us, uh, just reply back to any of us on lead time here. We have different playbooks that are being developed Mm -hmm. that uh, we also borrowed from other people and uh, (laughs) tweaked them and added our own flavor to what it looks like in our context. That's right. We'd love to share though, that as you move people from serve to, lead to coach to direct uh, the different pathway and the different resources you would need to do that. Right. Tip number eight. Tip number eight is to create awareness that all leaders are a natural lid Hmm. on your organization's capacity. What does that mean, Jack? So (laughs) this is something I've walked through, but so an interesting study showed that every time a church grows by 35%, it requires a complete reorganization, Right. So what does that mean? It means that certain departments that exist, they may disappear. You may need to create new functions. The job that you had prior could look radically different. You're, you may have to release certain responsibilities and take on new responsibilities because the logistics just change, and it's, it's something that you have to do. So if you're unable to do that, you may find that organizationally there's a lid, right? But what's being driven by that is the individual lids that people take on, right? So... If you're growing, right, eventually you will find yourself as a leader being the bottleneck for everything, right? And this is something I've walked through a lot. Um, you know, I, I call this the talent trap. Let's say you're in a leadership role because you're a talented individual. You know how to solve problems. Yeah. You know how to create processes and 
Well, maybe you're pioneering that. Well, now that you pioneer it, you're owning it. <laughs> right? right? So all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where I've created all of these systems. Well, I'm managing all of these systems now. Right? And now I'm not creating new systems anymore. I'm just managing all of these existing systems that have been put into place. And the organization can't grow beyond that. Right? Because that hasn't been given to somebody else. You are so consumed with the here. Right. And you do not realize that what got you here will not take you there. Right. So in order for the organization to change, in order for your team's capacity to grow beyond what it is, you have to change first. Right. You have to be willing to let go of certain things. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the hard part. The hard part is doing that when you know that you can do it better some better than somebody that you're oh, delegating it to. Yeah, that's a short term. Right? So you could sit there and say, man, I know with 100% certainty that I could nail this project faster, more effective, with more quality, but you still have to give it away because developing people is more important in most cases than seeing that a project is done perfectly. Perfectly. That's right. Right. Well, that was the eighth tip. We have the ninth tip on the home stretch here. Create leader list. That's right. We are really getting pretty jacked up, guys, right, about these lists that we're talking about. Right. This is going to be good for list of leaders you are developing, especially when it comes to building upper level executive leaders or in a church, new start leaders, campus pastors, campus directors of operations at multi-sites. So here's, I'd say a CEO should also have this. If you're in a business or in any sort of executive level in a business, build your list, bring it Jake. Yeah. So we've been talking about people development. Here it is for list. The first one is the called list. The second one's a character building list. The third is the close list. And the fourth is the commissioned list. We'll go back and forth on these guys, and let's talk about them. The first one, first list, is the called list. It's the list is of people um, who maybe have talked to you or you've heard or you've had that IC and you conversation, and maybe they're, they're too young or they're just not um, in the pipeline yet or they're early in the pipeline. And you're like, man, you, you are called to uh, ministry. You're called to continue uh, to be, um, have the gifts that you have being fostered and brought out even more. But it's just not the right time to put you at an executive level. So, so they may not see that in themselves even that's yet. That's true, yeah. That may oh, be something that you're seeing I'm not in sure. somebody. So you right. put them on the list, you pray about it, and you try to pour into them. Uh, we join in prayer then for those people on the journey ahead. It's an exciting list to be on. Uh, they may or may not have already been in the leadership development track. So that's the called list. Yeah, the second list is a character building list, a group of leaders that are still young, either in their leadership efforts or maybe serving on a team. But these leaders have huge potential. This is a lot of maybe your high school or college age youth that need a lot of life experience still, and maybe even some grooming on their their soft skills. So build a character building list. Yeah, the the third would be the close list. Um, Usually, uh, this can be people that are serving in some capacity in our our church context in a staff role. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see in them the potential to take it to the next level. They're close, but not quite there yet, right? So you're saying, what are the what are some example? What are some opportunities that we can give that person to move not to close, but to the next step, which is the commissioned list. This is the exciting, exciting list. When people move there, they might not even know they're on this list at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but they, you've been grooming them for a while. You've been praying about them. You've been reading scripture together, and they're they're on the commissioned list. Those who are ready, it's just a matter of time to fill in that new role at the new campus. And there's going to be a sending. There's going to be a commissioning. There's going to be an elevation of, of the next part of their leadership journey. It's really a fun conversation to have when you say, hey, you're, 
you're ready. You're ready to do this. So let's pause right there. I have a lot of pastor friends that serve in smaller contexts, and I have I have great respect, but also empathy for maybe the, how they view their congregation. I've had a lot of them say, you, you build this list, and you just moved into directors and staff. How many people are you paying around there? You have to. If you are a smaller church pastor, you have to start to build a team of right. non-paid staff, create clear roles for them, and release them, empower them, trust them. Uh, yeah. As the ministry continues to grow, it will not grow if you're not discipling, actively discipling future leaders or get super staff. creative and make maybe it's super part time. That's right. Their role, you know, just to, but to even the, get yeah, them in there. Even the five hours with right. some sort of title or ten hours a week, some sort of title to help formalize. Yeah, exactly. And and they're on they're on your team. Right. I mean the the. Volunteer. Don't say the word volunteer. That's right. The the servant leader that feels like, wow, I'm I've I got this responsibility. I'm gonna take it really serious and I'm not even getting paid yet, but I can still see a future mm-hmm. of being paid. There's also a lot of people for some of your churches, uh, they don't honestly want to be paid. Exactly. Um, but they still right. want a little um upper level uh management or experience. They want it to make be more official, they want to see a job description, invite them into that IC and so you conversation. Have a, we have a weekly leadership staff meeting. On Thursdays, and well, let's think about it, guys. I mean, there's some 15 people there. Half of the people in the room yeah. are non-paid, non-paid staff, true. right? Non-paid staff. They still come Absolutely. back every week. <laughs> They're passionate, man. They love it. Yeah, and yeah. they argue. I mean, they they speak into what's going on just as passionately as uh, as our paid staff. I mean, they are owners right. of what's going on here. Yeah. So to apply this last one, um, Pastor Tim and myself are gonna start meeting. At 6 o'clock every Sunday morning with a group of about 15 uh, future leaders or current leaders that we see as as men, the potential uh, to be pastors. And then Jack's going to be meeting with a host of people um, on his list to pour into them so that uh, we'd have future operations managers and directors and finance gurus and especially the data nerds as well. So we like to thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. It's been a great time with you. Uh, it's not an exhaustive list, but I, it's a good start. And so nine tips to begin to create a leadership development culture in your organization. We pray that this is beneficial to you. And we have a couple book recommendations that you could go deeper with. Um, I'm going to talk about the first one here. Um, Exponential, read it. It's by Dave Ferguson and John Ferguson, two brothers that created a movement about 25 years ago. And a lot of the concepts we talked about, um, they're, they're tweaked in there as well. And so check that out. Second book, Empowering Leadership. Empowering Leader, Leadership by Michael Fletcher. Fantastic yeah. book. And I won't cue a whole lot of the story, but he has mobilized leaders who are serving in our armed forces to start churches all over the country as they're consistently discovered, developed, and then literally deployed. It's a yeah. marvelous, marvelous story. They've, they've set a goal to, to create a church basically every single place where there's a military installation. They want to have a church nearby. That's fantastic. And the last five books you should read is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. But seriously, <laughs> read read Jesus and how he empowered yeah. leaders. Amen. I'm pumped for our next Lead Time episode. We will be interviewing Ryan Bredo. Ryan is helping with marketing, communications, and branding at Grand Grand Canyon University. This guy is a member at our congregation, but he has some serious kingdom expanding passion. You will be blessed. Jake, Jack, thanks for joining us. And friends, we'll see you next time on Lead Time. Peace. See you later. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. 
Tune in next Monday for another episode.